Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Free Coaching Thursday. I am your host, your guide, your coach, Sarah M. Chapel. Today, we're going to be talking about what to do when your first launch doesn't go the way you want it to. We'll talk a little bit about whether rebranding is a good use of your time or a distraction. And we're going to talk a little bit about getting a job. Okay. Quick heads up, this is gonna be the last free coaching Thursday for a little bit. I'm going on vacation and then I'm gonna take a break. I don't know exactly what we're gonna do, if we're gonna bring it back, if we're not gonna bring it back. Um, We might bring it back periodically, it might be in a different format, but it kind of feels like this project has come to a natural conclusion. So what that means is that we won't be doing this anymore. If you want coaching and feedback, the best way to do that is gonna be inside our community program, the Holistic Business Academy. You can get on the wait list at the link in my bio, or if you're listening to this over on the podcast, just go to holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash waitlist. Get on the waitlist for our next live launch, which is coming up in a couple of months. And you can also enjoy all of the many, many, many episodes of Free Coaching Thursday and our podcast over on So You Want to Be a Witch or catch all the Free Coaching Thursday replays over on my Instagram account at Sarah M. Chapel. Hello, hello. So let's dive into some of our questions for today. Our first question is, first try product launch, got almost no response, already feeling defeated. Yeah, so first of all, you said almost no response, which suggests it did get some response. So I think the first thing here is that my guess is this did not meet your expectations. Um, When we're setting goals or when we're doing a launch, our expectations are actually the most dangerous thing. I love goals. I think it is fantastic to have them. They encourage us to take the kind of action that leads to the results that we want. But when those goals become expectations, that is when we feel this feeling of being defeated or feeling failure because we did not meet our expectations. Um, Often with first launches, I'm just gonna be super upfront with you, they don't go well. (laughs) And this can be true for any first product launch, whether you're brand new in business or you've been in business for years. Um, I think just uh, this week, earlier this week, Apple announced like the iPhone 13 and everyone was like, this is dumb. Like this is not a useful iPhone, no one cares. These updates are like minuscule and iterative. There's like a new baby pink one, right? Apple's iPhone 13 launch is a bomb. (laughs) No one cares. Now, does Apple feel defeated because of that product launch? Probably not, right? That's probably not um, the feeling that they are going to choose. So we're gonna talk about that in a second, but that's to say that launches go sideways, First time we launch a product, a lot of times it doesn't go the way we want it to go. You are not alone here. But the expectations that you put on this, that is what is leading to this feeling of feeling defeated. Okay. And this is actually where you do have a choice. Now sit in the feeling, you know, you can, you can be there. You can of course not be happy with how it turned out, but ultimately the feeling defeated is the story you're telling about what happened. There's some other stories you can tell that might be more useful, such as the fact that you did your first try product launch. You did a brand new thing. That's amazing. You did something that's really scary and that a lot of people would have a hard time doing and you did it. You took action. The fact that you didn't get the result that you want is just giving you more information. And that doesn't have to feel good. You don't have to be like, this is great. I'm so perfect. No, you can be unhappy about the result. But letting that make you feel defeated means that you are missing the point, which is that you did something new and you got feedback. The feedback 
that you didn't want was that you didn't get as much of a response that you want. You said, again, you said almost no response. I don't know what that means. So maybe you got a couple sales, but not as much as you wanted, or you got some engagement, but not as much as you wanted. That's telling us a few things probably. It might be that those products are not being communicated clearly. It might be that your customers need to hear about them more than once, which is not uncommon. A lot of times first launches are the first time that your customers are knowing that you're even selling something and they might need another launch in order to really understand what your product or service is about. Sometimes there's a product market fit issue, which is that you're making something that isn't actually solving a problem for your customer, or more likely you're not clearly showing how your product helps them to solve a problem. So this is information, this is data, it's not a referendum on you. And while I encourage you, yes, I don't know, do whatever you need to do to kind of lick your wounds for a minute, don't let it stop you. Um, feeling defeated and continuing to feel that way, that is an interpretation of what happened. And the reality is that like business means you're gonna fail all the fucking time, it's really normal. And instead we get to develop a new relationship to what not getting the response we want means and use that as a data point, as a way to start to understand the feedback that we're getting from our customers, which in this case is likely a fact that they either are new to this, new to you selling, so it's just an adjustment period, or we have some communication issues to work on, right? And those of you that are in the Holistic Business Academy know how critical it is to make sure that our marketing and sales communications are actually anticipating the questions that our customers have and helping them to understand how this offer is going to support them. So you did a great job, you did a hard thing. Um, give yourself the space you need to rest, take a break, but there's no defeat here. <laughs> there's no defeat here, unless you choose that, unless you choose to make that the result of this. So we wanna be mindful of our feelings and give them the space and sit with them, but also know that you can shift that interpretation into something that lets you know that you did something amazing and you've learned something and now you get to apply that to the next launch that you do. So great fucking job. We don't always want to say this. I think there's this like very reasonable desire to act like um, everything's going to be chill all the time or to be like really like positive um, when we're doing business coaching. But the reality is that having a business is really hard and it's hard mentally and emotionally. It's taxing. Um, it brings up a lot of our personal challenges, especially when you are a small business owner, a solopreneur that we get to work on, right? And you know, that things that don't go our way are often showing us some pretty serious, like core wounds or childhood attachment issues or whatever. Your business can be a great mirror for the shit that you get to work on in this life if you choose to. And ultimately, one of the things that we get to do as business owners, and I'm gonna go so far to say is like to have a successful business, you probably have to do. And I mean, have to, you know, you can, you don't, you can choose not to for sure. Um, but if you want to keep growing a business is to shift your relationship to the fear of failure and shift your relationship to not getting what you want. Um, because it's very hard to keep doing the thing if every time you don't get what you want, which is going to be frequent in business, um, you make that mean something about you, right? You let that stay in that place of being defeated. So obviously I don't know you and I don't know your personal story, so take from this what you will, but developing the muscle of um, frankly, 
letting yourself feel how you feel and then getting back into action is a really important business owner skill. And doesn't mean we have to bypass it. We don't have to pretend it didn't happen. You don't have to reframe it if it's not helpful, but ultimately learning to have a different relationship with things not going your way is going to be critical to continuing to grow your business. It's a really, really important skill. Um, and often what that shift is, is turning into a learning mindset one where we are able to receive the feedback that we get from a launch that doesn't go the way that we want and transmute that into different action, into trying new things, to, into testing and experimenting. It's really, 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 really common for people to do first launches and not get anything that they want out of it. It's actually normal. It's part of the learning process. This is true for startups. This is true for personal brand businesses. This is true for physical product businesses. It's a test. And our job is to keep testing and to keep trying new things. So I hope that when you are ready, you can shift into that. You can give yourself the space and grace to learn from this and to start to shift that relationship, knowing that getting no response isn't about you being defeated. Getting no response is getting an information that something didn't click this time. Well, you know that now. You wouldn't have known that if you hadn't done it. So now you know that there's some things to work on so that you can communicate more effectively and make sure your customers understand how your product is going to help them. Uh, I hope you go and you do it again. I hope you launch again, okay? Because this is this is the, the, the not fun part of business, but it can become the fun part because we get to be kind of like detectives and figure out what didn't work and what can we shift and what can we do instead. And when we do change that relationship, to, to failure or to not getting the response we want, then we, we start to build, I mean, frankly, the resiliency to keep trying to do hard things. And um, you don't need to do it overnight. You don't have to feel that way today, but you do have the choice on how you're gonna let this impact you long-term. And I encourage you to choose something other than feeling defeated once you've had a little bit of rest because your work, it matters. We need what you do. So then you get to learn these skills to approach this through a place of experimentation and curiosity uh, rather than, you know, letting something quote unquote failing mean that your work sucks because that's not what that says. All right, you got this. Give yourself a break and then come back. It really is super normal. I know, like, you know, we don't talk about it all that much. I mean, I've said it multiple times, but like I've launched shit that like has literally failed that nobody has bought. I've had that happen multiple times. It's okay. It's, it, it's not what you want. And as you get better at business, as you um, learn more about how to communicate, how to, you know, market and sell in a way that feels good to you, those problems get less you become less likely of launching something and having no response. Though it can still happen and it's not a referendum on you as a person. It's usually a communication issue. Uh, it means that our product isn't clear, that we aren't really um, expressing it or we're not really solving a problem. All right, let's see what's next. All right, changing my brand to better encompass my business's evolution. Is it worth it or wasting time? It's probably wasting time. <laughs> Branding definitely matters, but I think it really matters more once you hit a certain level of scale where you're starting to reach people who do not know you um, in a more broad way and you need to very easily communicate through your visual and brand language what your brand is about. Um, often when I hear people saying like, oh, my business has evolved, so I need to change this, that, and the other thing, that usually, and you, it's what you're saying, you're asking me if it's a waste of time, that's usually a distraction from actually selling right? Branding totally matters. Um, I love it. I love brand designers. I think it's all brilliant. Um, but I think that unless you are consistently making sales, 
then chances are you're shifting your focus uh, from learning how to sell um, and how to do that effectively to something that is going to look really pretty but may not get you the result that you want. That said, if you like have the extra cash for it and you want to change your brand, like sure, or you have the extra time and it's like something you enjoy. And I definitely have worked with people for whom having a more clear um, visual brand and brand kit has given them a lot of confidence and that that's been really important for them. So it's a little bit of like a know yourself thing. But ultimately, the fact that you're asking me suggests like, is it worth it or is it a waste of time? My guess is your brand doesn't need to better encompass your business's evolution. Probably people don't really care. One of my favorite examples of this is that, uh, oh my gosh, for years, I, I can't remember exactly how long, but for years, Amy Porterfield, who is probably one of the most famous online marketers ever, had the ugliest fucking website. And she knew it. And she would talk about it. It was the ugliest fucking website on the internet. It was like a decade old. It was hard to navigate. It wasn't up to date. And she was making millions and millions of dollars a year because she was just directing people through her sales funnels, right? Doing live trainings and sending them to sales pages. What I'm getting at is eventually she updated it and her website's very nice. Amy has a very nice website. <laughs> um, but we have to focus on the things that actually generate revenue and changing your brand is probably not a revenue generating activity, right? It's the same thing as like kind of like zhuzhing fonts on your website, probably not a revenue generating activity. The revenue generating activities are usually not branding. They are sales communications. They are the contact sport of engaging with people and helping to understand what they need help with and, and communicating how your offer helps them. So, Know thyself, right? If it's a real big block for you to not have your branding aligned with your business's evolution, like that's gonna stop you from taking action, then maybe that is worth your time. But from a purely like business perspective, probably not. Um, especially because your business might evolve again as you kind of like kind of get your footing with your new stage. So I think it would be really like my, my thought would be to like really step into this new evolution, make sure you're making sales consistently, and then see what the landscape looks like for yourself and your business and go from there. I mean, we had, HBA had already made like, I think six figures before I invested in branding in it, just to be honest. Like, I think we had, yeah, like done, I like made something in Canva, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so like, you, you know, don't, don't get like too distracted by that. If your offer is really solid, the branding doesn't matter as much. Should I take a job I really don't like just because I want to start from somewhere? So I'm not entirely sure I understand this question. I'm gonna do the best that I can. Um, I'm going to infer that you mean start from somewhere with your business. So maybe this is a job that's gonna help you to develop a skill. Uh, short answer, if you have a choice, then no, I wouldn't take a job that you really don't like just because you want to start from somewhere. Um, if you're gonna take a job as part of your entrepreneurial journey and you have choice here, then taking a job that you don't hate sounds like a great place to start, um, but also a job that's actually gonna help you to develop the skills that you're looking for that you need for your business. I understand that sometimes we don't have choice and we need work. I mean, I had tons of side jobs as I was starting my business. I'm doing all sorts of things, cleaning for Airbnbs, uh, hostessing at restaurants, like stuff I was really bad at, talking to people all day, uh, lots of lots of retail in my past. And all that's totally fine. But it, the question here implies that you kind of like have a choice. So no, and I'd be curious, like, why do you need to start from somewhere? Like, I don't even know what that means. It sounds like you kind of created a, um, a barrier to entry to yourself. Like, so, 
Yeah, I'm curious if if you needing to start from somewhere is something that you've created for yourself, like there's some barrier to entry that you've created, or if that's actually accurate for your your business model and what you're trying to do. Because there are definitely businesses where apprenticeship is common, where networking is really important, and the best way to do that is through um, working for someone else. Um, but ultimately, a lot of times when I see these kinds of questions, it sounds to me like people are coming up with reasons to not start their business or reasons to not dive in. Um, so I think that's kind of my question back to you is like, why do you want to start from somewhere? Like, what does that even mean? Um, did somebody tell you you need to, or is this like an assumption built off of other careers you've had? And is it actually necessary for your business? Like if you are going to take a job, one that you really don't like, Again, if you have choice, doesn't sound like a great place to start. That sounds kind of shitty. And I would try to take a job that actually is going to help facilitate some of um, some of what you you need to be successful. Learning specific skills, networking with specific people. Um, those would be kind of like my top two picks for taking a job related to your business is like, where can you actually learn something that's going to help you down the road? Uh, what skills do you need to develop in order to be more effective in your business? Um, or who do you need to know? And can you kind of take jobs that put you in communities with people that are going to be helpful for that? Um, so no, I would say no, don't take a job you really don't like just because you want to start from somewhere. Um, don't, you know, kind of create barriers to entry for yourself that aren't necessary. But if you do need work, which is fine, of course, um, then I would try to pick something that A, you don't hate, that sounds great, and B, again, helps you actually grow towards your business. All right. Ooh, this is a good question. Is there anything to do when your biggest competitor signs up for your masterclass? Juicy. Okay, so <laughs> I've had this happen multiple times. Um, I think there's a few things. The first is like, is this person actually your biggest competitor? That's like a very big statement to be making. Even like that kind of approach is something I want us just to be like mindful of. Because it's like, it sounds like this is something that's like, like a little emotionally charged for you seeing this person's name show up. Um, so I think that kind of first question is like, Okay, what do you mean by biggest competitor? Um, is this somebody you have a relationship with on any level? Because if so, what I've learned the very hard way is that you're probably best off doing one of two things, ignoring it or asking them directly. <laughs> Anything in between tends to not work well <laughs> in my experience because I am the kind of person who does the in-between. I want everyone to be happy. I don't want to get people in trouble. I don't want to make people feel bad. Like I have a very kind of like people-pleasing approach to this kind of stuff. And it always ends up putting me in the shit. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, so again, like what do you mean by competitor? And because also like when I hear that word, the big question that comes up to me is like, is this somebody who is like a competitor in the fact that like they're like taking your clients? Like, is this an active thing? Or is it more like you're looking at the marketplace and you're like, oh, that person is very similar to me at a similar level. So we're competitors. The second one doesn't bother me as much. The first one, like if this is something where there's like an active competitive relationship that maybe isn't healthy or isn't entirely ethical, I think that's a different thing to take a look at. So but the first thing is here, like this question, like like this probably feels emotionally charged. And if it's at all possible, I would encourage you to try to discharge some of that energy before making a decision. Do what you can, move your body, eat some good food, talk to some loved ones, talk to a therapist, like whatever you have in your toolkit, watch some TV that makes you cry and discharges some energy. Um, go in for that Grey's Anatomy, you know, whatever, whatever your thing is. 
so that you can move some of that energy before making that decision. But I do think that yeah, the thing to do is, it is like assess that, like, is this person actually essentially coming for you? Like, is there, is there a pre, like, I want more, like, is there a pre-existing relationship here where you're like, oh, this person has poached clients, this person has taken my stuff, like, that's a little bit different. Um, or is this just like a, again, like, oh, we're colleagues, peers, and they're my biggest competitor because, you know, we do the same thing and we're at the same level, kind of like career-wise. That's a little bit different. And I do think your options are essentially just ask them, hey, I saw you signed up, why? <laughs> You can ask, it's okay. You know, if they have any level of consciousness, if they also view you as like a colleague slash competitor, they're not gonna be surprised by that question. Um, or you have to ignore it. That's obviously like what is going to help you feel the most secure, I think is important, but also just like try to think it through. Um, what do you wanna hear from them, right? If you ask them why they signed up, like what is an acceptable answer to you? The reality is that, um, especially in the online space, uh, folks, are very heavily inspired by each other. This is sometimes encouraged, right? You'll join programs, and I do this in some of my higher-end programs that have things like swipe files and stuff, which I think is fine. If it's in the context of a program, like that's a totally different situation. But yeah, it doesn't feel great when your competitors go through your funnel um, and you're like pretty sure have no intention of buying, right? They're and you feel like they're scoping you. But part of this, and this is kind of from a almost from a more magical perspective, if you choose to engage you are opening the door to that engagement, right? If you choose to ask them or to accuse them, which I wouldn't do, I would ask a question. So again, that comes to that like kind of emotional check-in. Are you able to ask the question or are you going to be in a place of like, how dare you do this thing to me? And like kind of like coming from assumptions. But when you open the door, right? You might not get the response you want. You're now declaring that you are available for that kind of relationship where people are sneaking around on you, you know, um, and stealing your shit. So it's just something to think about, you know, whatever, I mean, whatever your spiritual framework you work within, but just being mindful of what behavior you want to put forth and what kind of energy you want to put into it. And again, if you have a personal relationship with this person or not, if you're able to ask the question, go for it. My guess is though, Again, having been here and having handled it poorly almost every single time and hopefully now having learned something from all of those mistakes, doing nothing is probably the best way to maintain your, your own stability. What somebody else does with your shit, ultimately, unless they cross the line in terms of like intellectual property, um, or that's why I was asking, like, is it somebody who's poaching clients from you? Like, you can use that word competitor. It can mean a lot of different things. And poaching clients is a whole different concept, by the way. I don't want to get too far into that, but I don't mean like people are working with them too. I mean, somebody's like coming and being like, oh, you're working with that person. That person is stupid. You should work with me, <laughs> right? Like they're like, they're, you know, like, you know, slander and like libel kind of stuff is what I mean really there. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's my response. I have not found it to be effective to talk to people about this in general. And as I said before, um, generally for me, the line is kind of a legal line. Like, oh, is somebody using my intellectual property? And that is where I kind of, I, I will say something or get my lawyer to say something. Um, but like somebody watching your masterclass, like, do you want to lose sleep over that? Is that worth it to you? Probably not. Probably not. Um, and it's entirely possible they're watching it because they think your work is cool and they're curious, right? And they want to see what you're up to, but not like in a nefarious way. In a wow, that person does cool work similar to me. I wonder what they're doing. So 
what is going to, um, yeah, what is going to help you feel calm and supported? And is it, uh, is it confronting them? And I said, maybe, right? That depends on your relationship with them, which you have more information about. But I will say that middle ground of like trying not to do anything, but like kind of watching to see if they're doing something and like that kind of stuff, the kind of passive stuff is not going to go well. <laughs> that is where I've stuck my foot in it before. Um, so, but like short answer is like, no, don't do, I wouldn't do anything unless somebody's actively doing something that is like illegal, basically. Um, because that's just distracting you now from doing your best work. And like, we can't stop people from watching us. You actually want people to watch you. And uh, there's always going to be people who are looking at your stuff and looking at it in a way that is not aligned with how you want it to be looked at. And you can't control that ultimately. Um, yeah. So I hope that's helpful. I understand it's not like the most clear answer, but I would say if you can try to discharge some of that energy and then figure out what is actually going to feel supportive for you in the context of your relationship with this person. I wish you peace. I wish you peace here. <laughs> I know it doesn't feel great. Um, and I think one last piece here is, you know, when we're like, oh, somebody's registered, my greatest competitor registered for my masterclass is remember, we actually don't know their intentions, right? And again, that comes down to your relationship. I've had people register for my, my stuff before and been like super shocked that they were there. And then they joined my programs. Like, uh, you know, I, I operated, I would operate out of a place that like an assumption of fear and being like, oh, they're like scoping me. Like, this is bad. And no, it wasn't bad. They wanted to work with me. <laughs> so just keep in mind that like the stories that we tell about our work and about people's relationship to us are often just stories, especially if we don't actually have a relationship with people. And some of those people become amazing clients, right? So just keeping in mind that like, it may not be nefarious. That, that's what I got to say on that. This is like a, this is good, good, good boundary work, my friend. So I wish you much support and much well with that. I wish you much well. Is that a thing? <laughs> All right. Um, I do think we had one other question in the chat about website stuff. Favorite platform for an artist's website with sales capabilities or more generally tips for building a website and where to focus my energies as I dive in. It feels like it'll be a complex and lengthy process from here at the starting line. Yeah, um, if you're selling something visual, I would go with probably either Squarespace or um, Shopify. I probably have a slight preference for Shopify. I think it's more customizable um, long term. Um, but either of those will come with templates that are really easy, honestly. Like, don't let that be a thing. Uh, Webflow is new and a lot of people are liking that. So you could maybe check that out. But in terms of like online shop capabilities, I think Shopify and Squarespace are the easiest out of the box. Um, they're both clean and neat. And like, if your art is the focus, then, um, you know, you just need great pictures of your art basically, or whatever your art is, you know, if your art is already an image, digital image, that's part's easy. But you know, uh, something like Squarespace is really designed for that, at least initially was for creatives, a lot of photographers and a lot of artists. So a lot of their templates are very photo heavy and very sparse. So I think that's actually a really great place to get started. It's not cheap, but it's not super expensive. It's effective and it will basically work out of the box. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, an out of the box option like Squarespace, I think is a fantastic place to start. And again, Shopify also is um, 
is a, is a really good platform, especially if you're anticipating doing a lot of online sales. I find the Shopify backend to be more robust, easier to manage, more flexible. So if you think online sales are going to be a large part of your business, their inventory management basically is a lot, it is more robust than Squarespace, at least in my, the last time that I was looking at them. So that would be my tip there. Um, is like, keep it simple, like getting up your initial website. So you have a website is um ultimately like more important and then like down the road you can always hire someone to do something fancier for you um minimal viable website but like squarespace out of the box shopify out of the box very simple very clean let your art be the focus um and then basically all you're doing is just like uploading some pictures and some text and you don't have to worry about the design element of it all right y'all lots of great questions today thank you so much um some really great kind of like mindset stuff that we got to look at today and i i think i just want to close by reminding you that you know first of all i'm a stranger on the internet so um take what works leave the rest um but also that you know so often i think in business we get kind of one of two things right the one piece like we get this like kind of like oh just feel all your feelings and it's okay that you feel like shit and you don't have to do anything that also does that doesn't work right if we if we stay stuck in it we don't make progress we're not going to have a business but the other side of it being like oh just reframe everything and everything's okay all the time also doesn't work because it's a lie and with all of these pieces today in particular we want to look at that middle ground which is going to be personal to you right that nuanced space that's your space that's not something that i can prescribe or somebody else and figure out where is that line between feeling how you feel and like honoring that and letting yourself move through that and then ultimately getting back into action there are other ways of living there are other jobs there are other things that do not require that but for business you're going to have to get back into action at some point or it's not going to happen and that's one of those kind of well, you know, it's really tough love, but um, a business without, without taking action, you don't have a business, unfortunately. So learning those kind of coping skills, frankly, those those care skills for yourself is critical, whether you're dealing with a launch that didn't go the way you wanted, whether you're dealing with a decision to take a job, whether you're dealing with a competitor when you're masterclass, right? The ability to feel, process, and then regulate is a huge part of our job. Doesn't have to happen overnight, doesn't have to be really fast, you don't have to be doing it in like an hour or so, but ultimately getting back into action is going to be important in your business. So these are some really important skills to develop. All right, y'all, thank you so much. Again, this is gonna be our last free coaching Thursday for the foreseeable future. Maybe we'll come back, maybe we won't, but I'm taking a bit of a break. It's been a real pleasure to support you in this way. And I wanna remind you that we have tons of episodes of this where we have talked about almost every kind of um, beginner to intermediate business question. Um, you can check them out on our Instagram at Sarah M. Chapel in the IGTV section. There are a ton of them. You can also catch most of the replays over on the podcast at So You Want to Be a Witch. So go back, check those out, enjoy them, use them. And um, if you do want to get more support, then you got to come join us in the Holistic Business Academy. That's where we're going to be doing most of our coaching focus for the future. Uh, so you can get on the wait list for that at holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash wait list. Um, and I will see you all there. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be doing some more fun stuff soon. Of course, we still have the podcast going, though there will be no podcast for the next two weeks because I'm on vacation. Um, but we'll bring this back or maybe do something different. I don't know. I'm feeling pulled in a different direction, so we're going to try some other stuff. But please enjoy all of the amazing responses that we've built up over the past giant chunk of time. And I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye for now.